Welcome to the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast, bringing you open and honest conversations about resources in Tuscarawas County. Now here's your host, Jody Salvo. Hi, this is Jody Salvo. Welcome to today's podcast from the Anti-Drug Coalition. Um, I'm actually really excited to have our two guests here today. Um, we have Jeff Neidig. Um, he's with Medi-Wise Pharmacy, uh, owner there, but he is also the chairperson of the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition Prescription Drug Committee, and Rachel Brodocker, and she's with Stark Tusk Wayne Recycling District, um, and she is also a member of the Anti-Drug Coalition on the Prescription Dub Committee. Um, so I've had the privilege of working with you pretty often, guys. But where I, what I want to talk to you all about today is about prescription drug, um, safe disposal, all those issues that we address with the Prescription Drug Committee um, and just kind of give some information to our listeners on this topic. Okay, so how we're going to start is first, thanks for being here. And why don't we start with Jeff, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm a pharmacist, I'm a Medawise Pharmacy in Cumberstown. Uh, I've been working with the Anti-Drug Coalition for a number of years now and with a new setup of committees. I'm happy to chair the Prescription Drug Committee. Uh, so I've been doing pharmacy 34 years in various health settings, so it's, I've seen you know, the, you know, the three areas that we focus on, you know, in the prescription um, drug committee, you know, the drug safe use, safe storage, and safe disposal. I've seen different aspects of that in different healthcare settings, hospital, long-term care, and now in retail. Um, slight differences, but it's all those three topics really need to resonate with everybody as the three areas to really look at their medication use. Um, so it's great to kind of narrow all this medication stuff into those three topics. And today, you know, the uh, kind of two of them that kind of come together is the safe storage, but most importantly today, we're talking about uh, the drug disposal is where the, the key is for those unused medications. Very good. And then let's turn to Rachel. Thanks, Jody. Um, thanks for having me here today. I'm the administrative director at the Stark Tuscaloosa Recycling District, as Jody said. And you might be wondering, well, what does that have to do with drugs? And I, that's a common question we get, but we're actually uh, heavily involved with the prescription drug committee because prescription drugs are a type of waste and we help um, coordinate and figure out what people should do with their hazardous waste. Now, we think of hazardous waste typically as chemicals or um, propane tanks, things that can explode, but actually prescription drugs are a good example of a hazardous waste because of the reason we're here, which is that they can get misused, they can get stolen. Um, people might accidentally ingest them, a, a child or a pet or something. So it is a type of hazardous waste. And that's why I'm here today uh, to help describe what our role is with the prescription drug committee. And I have to be honest, years back, as we've worked together a long time now, I don't think I realized the connection between the recycling district and the efforts for disposal. But y'all were at the very beginning of this before really the anti-drug coalition was because you all purchased the very first permanent drop-off box, right? Yes, we did. We actually, um, I think the very first one may have been in coordination with the DEA at okay. the sheriff's, but yep. now we've actually expanded since I've been there. That's been five years and I got involved with this committee. Sure. And so now we have six different drop-off locations and we help partner uh, with the sheriff departments for the two take-back events every year. Nice, nice, nice. So I'll tell you what, before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of just proper disposal, um, what is the connection between anti-drug coalition and prescription and the prescription drug committee yeah. well when you look at the the overall vision of the coalition is to um 
create that safe environment for our youth mm -hmm. so that they stay away from substances of abuse. Mm -hmm. um, so there's committees in the coalition that address uh, four main uh, substances, obviously. Uh, but with prescription drugs that we're looking at, the uh, prevention we want to do is not let those drugs get into the hands of our sure. youth. So once they get addicted to a substance, the, just the, the ball starts rolling and getting bigger down the hill. So we want to prevent that. Yep. So the prevention is key. Prevention is in the drug-related area is, you know, make sure they're, you know, again, our three main topics, make sure they're used correctly, not misused by the person that was prescribed them or an over-the-counter item as well. The second would be that storage. If you're a chronic user of a potent medication, mm -hmm. opioid, anxiety, depressant, you really have to store those appropriately. We know they're going to be around. We can't prevent that. Sure. It's a chronic use event. So the coalitions, uh, our job with the coalition then is to how can we create an environment in the home that that's secured, so it's not sure. misused, to prevent from uh, youth uh, misuse. So, of course, then with disposal, the coalition would rely on our committee to say, how can we get these drugs out of the home? Primarily the acute use, you know, dental procedure, sprain my ankle, uh, a minor outpatient surgery or major surgery where that's just a short-term use. Sure. Okay. They're not around chronically. It's kind of acute things like I have these and I didn't really use them all. What am I going to do with mm -hmm. them? So again, it's all about prevention. Primarily our focus is on youth, but it can go to adults as well Absolutely. Uh, that they don't get in the wrong hands. So we want to make sure that the prescription drugs used properly, stored properly, but when they're no longer needed, disposed of properly. And that's where uh, I had this great partnership with, uh, with Rachel and her group with the disposal and uh, permanent boxes, the Deterra bags I'm sure we'll talk about here. And, and it's great to have them as a partner. I mean, Absolutely. Long term and moving forward, just to look at new innovative ways for Tuscarawas County to have ways to get rid of these drugs uh, that are no longer needed in the home and can lead to misuse from the people in that household yep. or a visitor to that household. Great job. And I really appreciate you kind of summed that up well. Um, from that prevention standpoint, um, we're all very aware of the opioid epidemic, the impact that heroin and, and medications um, have had on our society and our communities. Um, but when you really look at where people start, a lot of times it's that home medicine cabinet. And sometimes it's not intentional. You know, it could be someone that, you're the pharmacist. How does, how does that happen a little bit, yeah. Jeff? Well, again, uh, most of the time it's the acute use never been on it before or it's just an, an occasional use like I want to use or I need to use a medication for pain or a short-term um, maybe an anxiety medication or uh, some students even uh, might use those medications as well short-term or long-term um, depression stimulants whatever um, and when you look at uh, having that access you get it through a valid prescription sure okay so they're assessed by a doctor nurse practitioner physician assistant uh, prescribe that medication, take it home. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's where the responsibility is for the consumer. Have that at home. Let's not just lay it on the counter, put it in a cabinet accessible to anybody that visits the home, um, but secure it and use it properly. Um, again, those three things, the use, uh, storage and security is so key that they also intertwine so well that uh, we need to look at, okay, we're getting these prescriptions. They're valid. Let's not misuse them. Sure. Let's store them so they don't get misused. So these youth are 
or another adult that visits a home gets to them because they're not secured. And, and all of that ties in so much into prevention, preventing the whole cascade of bad things that can happen once you get substance use disorder in somebody's life. Okay. So what are some of the efforts of the prescription drug committee? What are some of the things y'all are working on? I'll let Rachel take that because she's, again, she's been with it for a very long, long, long okay. longer than I as to <laughs> yes. really they laid the groundwork with the, with the take back days and the permanent boxes. And we've just built upon what she's Agreed. already a part yep. of that building. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, primarily the way we did get started was having the drop boxes, which are located in police stations throughout the county, as well as the sheriff's department. And uh, people might ask, well, what's done with the the drugs. And it's a good question because sometimes I think the uh, pharmaceutical board of the state or even of the country will still sometimes say, oh, well, you can flush them or you can mix them with something and throw them away. But those are actually not the ways the EPA considers to be safest. And the primary reason why, well, there's a few, but the primary reason is because uh, we want the drugs to be non-retrievable because we don't want them to get into the wrong hands. From the EPA standpoint, it's also that we don't want to be uh, putting all these drugs into the water because that, you know, we're all going to be drinking the water at some sure. point. The wastewater treatment plants aren't equipped to take out all the drugs that might end up in the water if you flush them. So that's kind of where we come in. The EPA actually says the safest way to get rid of these drugs is to incinerate them because then they have uh, filters that can catch anything, I mean, to a degree right, <laughs> at, right. at these places where they destroy them and also they are unretrievable. So we um, actually provide grant funding to the sheriff's departments and they can transport these drugs up to the only place we can take them anywhere nearby, which is Ross Environmental up near Cleveland, where they are safely incinerated. Uh, the other things we do, uh, the two take back events, they're actually coordinated in partnership with the DEA and the sheriff's department. And the DEA does the same thing. They collect the drugs at these events and they transport them to Ross Environmental. It's just not on the district yeah. dime, which is kind of nice. Um, now, the other part of what we do in the committee is we try to get the outreach to the people who need it. So typically it's working with uh, talented people like Josh sitting across from me to help design uh, magnets to get out there so people know where the Dropbox is located, where can I get a doTERRA bag, um, things like that. And we want to do radio campaigns, print campaigns, because we're really just trying to get the information in the hands of the people who need it. Uh, speaking from a place of personal experience, I've had two children within the past five years uh, the first was a cesarean, the second was a natural, and they gave me a lot of pain meds leaving the hospital. And I try not to use them because I don't want to get hooked on pain sure. meds. That's not a good thing. I needed to use them a little in the beginning. But then I ended up with all these pain meds in my cabinet. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, what's going to happen with these? I don't want a child to accidentally get a hold of them. I'm not going to need them. Now they're expired. What do I do? So I actually utilize the, the service myself. So that's why that's why I know that it's something that could help everybody in our community yeah. because anyone could end up with this stuff at some point and we want to provide a safe outlet to dispose of it. And it's probably hard to be an American and not have unused, unwanted medications in your home. Yes. yes. Of all exactly. types. Of yeah. all types. Yeah. So Jeff, Rachel mentioned the doTERRA bag. What is that? Well, it's a, it's a great tool to add to our armory, so to speak, okay. to get these medications off the street, out of the household when they're no longer used. So, if you're unable to get to these permanent drop boxes, uh, the ones located throughout the county, and say, you know, I had a medication therapy change or I don't I no longer need these mm -hmm. potent medications that could get in the wrong hands and mis be misused, um, and I can't get to that drug permanent box, and I just have a few to get rid of, the doTERRA bags are absolutely fantastic. So um, Jody, with her work in the state and federal level, getting... Um, 
funding and, and information about these bags has made them available to Tuscross County. We have, boy, I'm not sure what our number of distribution centers are across the county. Uh, we're trying to get a good handle yeah, on that. Yeah, 40, 50 maybe. 50 or more. Yeah. Where you can get these bags free of charge. So these bags are Deterra uh, drug deactivation bags. Again, tying in with what Rachel was saying is they're environmentally safe. That's important that we are environmentally responsible at getting rid of these drugs the right way. So there's the reason I have different sizes here. Um, this small bag uh, is 15 pills. I believe there's one that may even be 15 to 20 pills that goes in there on average. Uh, 45 pills would go in this one. And then this one here is actually up to 90 pills. And you can put liquids in there, patches as well, depending on what's been prescribed. And the key is... Uh, these are readily available throughout the county. If not, we can call the coalition, which yep. we can I'm sure put that phone number up on the website or on the and the website up on the uh, podcast here, uh, as I'm sure you do, to let people know where can I get these bags. Yep. I've never heard of them before, uh, but they are at many distribution centers across the, uh, the county, um, free of charge. Again, they are free of charge. You can call the coalition and they can get one to you. You can do the great thing of getting rid of the medications in the safety of your home. Uh, especially in today's environment with the COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, you may not feel comfortable going in anywhere, really. Uh, but it's a great time, though, to take time and clean out those medicine cabinets, drugs that you don't need any longer. And uh, we like to use these bags specifically for the uh, potential drugs of abuse. And there's a card on the back that kind of tells you what those are, the pain medications, anxiety, depression, um, any other stimulants. Uh, but really, they can be used for anything. Um can obtain one of these from the coalition or one of our distribution partners. Uh, they're very simple to use. The instructions are on a, on the back of them, uh, and there's a video online uh, as yep. well that, yep. that I walk through how to do that. But you tear open the bag. Uh, there is a card attached to them to help us get statistics on why did you use this bag? Um, what is your history of, of uh, cleaning out your medicine cabinet and things of that in, in the area of the county where you live? So... Uh, on the back, there's instructions where you open up the bag, you pour in the medications, you fill it halfway with warm water, just regular water. This again, in the security safety of your home. Um, and then you wait 30 seconds. Inside of this bag is a special carbon uh, deactivation pouch that dissolves in the water, and it begins to mix with that drug. And it deactivates the drug, so it's no longer to be able to use. And like Rachel used the terminology, you know, uh, we don't want it to be a retrievable medication. So this carbon uh, uh, packet inside deactivates it. Once you let that set for 30 seconds, you seal it back up, shake it gently, and then it's so easy, you just drop it in the trash. Bag's biodegradable. Uh, the medication is then deactivated, safe for the environment to go in your regular trash. And it prevents us from flushing the medication. Um, through this free, these free bags that the coalition has been able to obtain for our county has been fantastic. Um, it uh, gets the medications out of the cabinet, and it really prevents you from having to go to one of the drop boxes. Yeah. But if you have a large, you know, large amount of drugs, we do recommend that you would go to one of the permanent boxes or have a friend, neighbor, somebody take it. I'm sure there's somebody that would get arranged to yep. get those there. This is fantastic for those op options or um, the opportunity to get rid of that chronic use surgery, childbirth, dental procedure. I had 
10 pills, 15 pills. Yeah. I don't need them anymore. I want to get them out of the house. Yeah. I don't want my teenagers, my neighbors, my grandchildren to get them. Get a deterra bag, dispose of them properly, safely, environmentally, the right way. Very good. Um, just a couple things that uh, you were mentioning, the distribution partners. There are places like um, our libraries, YMCA, senior centers. churches, senior centers. They are literally scattered throughout the community. So our treatment agencies have them as well. Um, and the so, nice, yeah, yeah, the nice thing that to advertise that, because you might be walking into these places all the time and not realize they have them. Yep. So again, through the support of uh, Rachel and the Solid Waste District is these window clings. So we want to be able to highlight to you as consumers, where can I get these bags? So over the next few months, uh, we've got the design finalized for a window cling. So when you walk into the particular police stations yep. or these distribution partners, you're going to be able to go see on the on the door that, hey, these deterra bags are available here. Um, so we have to work with each one of those yep. to get those window clings out there. So when you walk into these buildings, you might be doing several times a week. They'll say, oh, they have these bags here. I want to get these, you know, for myself or my neighbor or friend. And get those bags into your hands and methodology to get them is yeah. easy through those distribution centers and then dispose of them properly through the trash. But again, if you cannot get to the, um, to these bags, again, we have the original system of those permanent drop-off boxes uh, in police stations, which I believe would be the sheriff's office, the mm -hmm. police department, yep. uh, Strasburg, Sugar Creek, Commerstown and Denison. Yeah, you got it. Um, now the sheriff's office is open 24-7 in the lobby. You don't have to interact with anybody. You yep. walk in, open lobby, dispose of it, no questions asked, nothing to sign, anything. Uh, the other police stations might have some limited access uh, based on their time in the lobby uh, with access, so check with them before you do that. Just opportunities are there. Yeah. And I, it's important to highlight, too, what you just said, which is that this is anonymous because I think some people, they want to make sure that, you know, they're not known, whatever they're getting rid of, or if you did have something you weren't supposed to, at least it's safe. Um, that is what we've gotten a few calls from people who had barriers to getting to the drop boxes. We had people um, that either have mobility issues, they can't leave, they can't physically sure. go, or people that were leery about going to a police station. Yeah. And we want to make sure that we have this opportunity available to people, all people in this community. Correct. So that's why we want to make sure we have, hey, we have the deterrent bags for these people. We have the drop boxes for these people. We have the events for these people. Yeah. And now we'll distribute these bags in places that you normally would be. And I would say Rachel probably understands this relationship well. Our law enforcement really want the drugs out of our community. So I know sometimes people are uncomfortable. We get calls sometimes maybe a parent whose child has a substance use disorder and yet they have some medications in the home and, you know, they're very leery about the police, or even driving unwanted medications to a, a law enforcement facility. But a couple things, all of our police chiefs and our sheriff, honestly, if you said, I can't get there, I, I kind of want to get stuff out of my house, we'll gladly come and get them those questions asked because they want um, potential for abuse medications out of our community. Um, so I just kind of want to throw that out that our police just want a safer community like the rest of us do. So yeah, they're a partner in this. And speaking of the police too, I think we've even had some calls of people saying they don't trust or, you know, they, I don't trust. What are they doing with them? Well, if it eases anyone's mind, there's actually a chain of custody form that they have to fill out before they drop this off at the incinerator. They have to weigh each bag from each drop-off location as well as at the events. 
and the weight is tracked by multiple people in the department. So if that was for some reason yeah. a concern of yours, you rest assured. And then they actually report the weights to us. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think we had a few tons of yeah. these pills taken out of the, you know, out of circulation, I guess I'll right, say, right. over the, the past year. So I've heard Mike Goodwin just Philly police department sometimes. I, I think there's more volume because there's more saturation of people there, you know, yes. and you just kind of hear how often that is emptied out. And, and as a reminder, too, just on this topic, uh, we want to make sure we know that these boxes and these bags are for residential use. That's an important line we draw at the Solid Waste District is because uh, we're not supposed to fund anything for commercial use. So we did have some people, I don't think it was in our county, but in uh, Stark County up north, where they had nursing homes dropping off these bags of these pills at our drop boxes and wanting us to pay for them. And technically the waste, if it's not generated in a household, isn't considered exempt, you know, as okay. a household hazardous waste. So we want to make sure, plus I think they're supposed to dispose of them. Maybe you could speak to that, Jeff, in, in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have their own ways and, and internally each facility would have their own uh, way to do that. Yes. Uh, but a lot of times the families don't know what to do. You know, you had a loved one go into the nursing home. You had a loved one pass away. What do I do with these? Well, the, the permanent drop boxes are the best way to yeah. do that. Um, and they look it, like mailboxes. So yeah. if you even want to go on the Anti-Drug Coalition website, mm-hmm. you'll so see a picture of And I think that's helpful. Just visualize, okay, what's this look like? You know, it literally looks mailbox, like a mailbox. You pull it in, uh, go in, pull the lever down and put it in there. And, and there might be a concern with this disposal and your privacy. You know, Rachel mentioned maybe somebody doesn't want them to know that, hey, I was on this pain medication or this anxiety or my mother or my neighbor or whatever was on it when I take these. Um, and when you do dispose of them, you can remove the labels because, mm-hmm. again, you're not registering these medications as to who got them, what they were. They're just disposing of them. We're not registering them like, oh, there's you know, 45 of this medication and 90 of that. You know, it's, it's poundage. And you can li- literally take them out of the medication bottle. You can bottle, take them out of the medication a, bottle. I think our, our sheriff said he recommends people at least put them in a baggie or something yeah. because what he was yeah. finding is so many people were using the boxes when he went to open them. It'd be this mountain of pills. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think he said so that. So you can cross out their yeah. name, tear off that part of the label, has your name, it's fine. But they're not logged like, oh, this medication has to be registered. It's, it's a disposal system. Uh, to properly dispose them, get out of the environment for our environment safety and for our youth safety with the Anti-Drug Coalition. Um, so you can mark through the name on it. Uh, some people have concern of that. Some others don't. Just dispose of them in a some kind of container when you drop them off. Nice. Um, How about needles? Needles is, about is needles. certainly important. Uh, we're working on something that with the Prescription Drug Committee for the needles and syringes because we know that there's legitimate and illegitimate use out there. Sure. It's, it's, not a, it's not a secret that we need to get rid of those needles, though, and safely, because we don't want the community disposals, you know, the normal garbage trucks or, or uh, sanitation systems to receive those needles. So we're working on something, but right now it's best to put them into a sharps container. Yep. Or coffee. We Sometimes they'll say a Folgers container or laundry detergent, something so that they can't plastic. touch. So it won't, so that the needles It'll won't penetrate through. out. Yeah. And then you could throw those small amounts in your normal trash. Uh, but we are going to be working on something. We're looking into the regulations and uh, opportunities for disposal of those mm-hmm. for the, help the community out as well. But all of that really ties into the National Drug Take Back Days. I was just going to say, because she mentioned yeah. tons, uh, pounds, yes. you know. So the DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency, does this nationwide in October and April. Uh, everybody knows, well, some of us don't know what happened in the month of April <laughs> in 2020 <laughs> with COVID. Um, it's a blur. Um, but uh, 
It didn't happen. Uh, I'm hoping by uh, the October National Drug Take Back Day, we have a plan on how we can take these drugs back. I think everybody's a little bit more comfortable going out, and uh, I think that it will happen. I haven't seen anything that happen, but usually it's just a drive-through, drop-off type of thing. So start collecting those medications now. Secure them if you don't want to get rid of them through the drop boxes or Terra and be ready for October, the fourth weekend. Can you weekend. let our listeners know what that looks like, that take-back weekend? Hmm? Okay. Yeah, so uh, we currently have three locations, um, always looking to expand, uh, but we are relying on, uh, because of the requirements, you cannot take them in the state of Ohio to a pharmacy unless they have an approved drop box, uh, which Ducini Drug has Ducini one, has one I think. Uh, in New Philadelphia. Uh, but there has to be a police presence uh, to be able to take those out. So uh, the, uh, that's the permanent drug boxes. So at a drug take-back event, there has to be police presence. So we have the county sheriff as well as the Ohio State Highway Patrol helping us out. So at uh, Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital and at Trinity Hospital Twin City, we have a location there. It will be the fourth uh, Saturday in October. Mm-hmm. And new to this uh, this year was the... Uh, uh, Mercy Health Center of Tuscarawas County. Um, they're on East uh, West High Avenue, um, where the State Highway Patrol works with them. So they've joined forces to help have another location where you can, at least twice a year, at a very large event, feel comfortable. You don't have to get out of your car to drive up, give that medication, and it is securely, safely disposed of. Um, but I'm I'm pretty confident that it's going to happen okay. in October in some fashion. So if you don't want to go to Terra Bags, you don't want to go to a permanent plot box, you're ready for October, and uh, you or a neighbor friend can drop those off securely and anonymously. And I think it's it's a great time, those October and April, because that's a national recognized event. So I think we do a great job, and I have to thank Rachel and her team from Tuscawain Recycling. Uh, they really um, do the promotion and the ad buys for us. Um, but add our local ads and promotion of the event. And then you have the national, um, it's one that I think there's a lot of, um, recognition. That yeah, and happening. what we found and not just prescription drug events, but any recycling events is for some reason, there's something about a specific event date that people want to go out and be part of it. Yeah. So even if I might have these drugs sitting around my house and I could have taken them to the police station or used it to tear a bag, for some reason, people like to be part of an event. Yeah. So that's why we tend to support the events because it, it does draw out a lot of people. <laughs> Okay, so we kind of covered drop-off boxes, take-back days, drug deactivation bags. I think the other thing was just the awareness education material. Uh, y'all have been leveraging some time during COVID, right, to update some stuff? <laughs> yeah, the, the thing with our with the Prescription Drug Committee, we, we were looking at, I mean, you go on any website, any health fair, there's a plethora of brochures. Uh, so what we've been able to do, though, is through the committee and many great talented people is to come up with a standard messaging for our county, it's color-coded as well. So we'll be rolling those out very soon uh, with our the prescription drug committee has selected the color purple to highlight. So if you're at, at a drug co- uh, in a drug coalition event and you see the color purple, it's going to be on prescription drugs. It'll be a taste of over-the-counter issues as well with stories and use of those. But we want to get that word out in a consistent, easy-to-read manner uh, of our three main topics of the use, storage, and disposal because uh, we don't want you to have to read a book. We want it to make it simple. 
Uh, we want you to tell, how, tell you how easy it is to get rid of these medications so they're properly disposed of. So I think that's really the highlights of what our committee's yeah. been working on, that consistent message, simple message, consistent color scheme, so that when you're looking for information on prescription drugs and how to prevent their misuse, um, it'll be in a, the purple tone color uh, on RX drugs, and that's going to be our theme that you'll see hopefully expand even more COVID or no COVID over the next several yeah. months. And I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but I know that some of the grant money that uh, we distributed for these uh, outreach things was actually also for drug lock boxes. Yep. They won't be available to just anyone. I think they're for the highest risk uh, people that are afraid the drugs might get misused in the community. But some of the grant funding is going toward those lock boxes, which does go back to one of the three tenets, which yep. is a safe storage because... Sometimes you got drugs, you got to take them all the time. You don't want them to be in a vulnerable spot. You don't want someone getting their hands on them more accidentally or intentionally. Yep. So um, I'm not sure when those will roll out, but that was an exciting project to work well, on. Well, and I definitely want to kind of recognize Stark Tuskwane Recycling um, did um, gift the Anti-Drug Coalition with a mini grant, um, which really has been put towards this particular committee. So one of the things that um, they provided money or, or magnets. So out in the community, um, again, it's b being rebranded. The information is in the process of getting printing at this point. You know, you can put right on your refrigerator, here's the locations, here's how to access the information you need to. So that's a wonderful um, addition. To addition. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. And then the other thing that um, we were able to do with the dollars that were that we were awarded is the lock boxes that Rachel was mentioning. So um, it's a pilot project for the coalition, um, but we're providing these little storage boxes. Do you want to talk about those, Jeff, what they look yeah, like? Yeah, so it's not like a safe, uh, but it is just a deterrent so that somebody's little uh, curious fingers or mind doesn't go in and have access to these medications. Uh, but the, if you're using these medications chronically and you have to have them in the house, it gives an opportunity to have a lock box. Mm -hmm. um, Tamper proof is really it's not it is not a safe, um, but it's a secure place to keep those medications in that only an adult would access them. So it's a little bit more solid than a uh, prescription bottle with a child proof or <laughs> sometimes child can get into them. A parent can uh, some of those lids. <laughs> um, so it's just another deterrent, another secure way to keep and it has like a combination so a combination lock that can also uh, be also a lid to a bottle if you only have the one bottle. Uh, so that that's just going to be an exciting program. Hope we can expand upon it after this pilot uh, to get them into the right hands because there are some homes we know the medications are there for proper medication use, and we want to secure them so that the youth do not get into a substance use. And I issue. love this project. Um, Carrie Metzger is the chairperson of the Anti Drug Coalition, and we, he always said we had a two legged stool. You know, it was a Deterra bags and it was a drop-off boxes. And he's like, we need a third leg of that stool. And that's really where we're hoping these um, little safes um, kind of hit that third strategy for us. But I had a son who was on stimulant medications for attention deficit disorder. And these little storage boxes make so much sense to a mom of a kid that was on ADA medication, ADD medications because if you have a child that's on them, they never, ever, ever, ever want to take them. So all the parents out there that have children that are school-aged on those medications, they don't like them. They're, they don't have an appetite. They, their sleeping patterns, everything changes a little bit. 
So in order for you to make sure your kid takes the medication before they go to school in the morning, you put them on your counter. Because if you put them away, you're probably not going to get them in their mouth before they go out to school in the morning if they need the medication. So even with what I do in prevention, I could find myself being very laxed with that particular medication, yet the whole world knows with any kind of substance use disorder the potential for abuse of that medication. So it's a drug that's wanted on the street. And so parents really have to safely monitor and secure. And I think that's one of the beauties of the lockboxes are going to help parents, you know, just have a way to be a little more mindful with a medication that you need to dispense daily. And you bring up a good point, too, because you're talking more about the safe usage of these drugs, which is another one of our tenants. And I think the the reason I like being on this committee is because it's an issue that affects everybody. I mean, some everyone has some type of medicine yeah. in their home. Um, I, whether or not you think doctors are over-prescribing these days, I guess, is something to be right. debated. I would say probably yes. I think there probably isn't as much focus on, especially for pain management, on alternative pain management sure. Um We're just used to trying to take a pill that's going to solve that problem. And unfortunately, those are the pills like you alluded to earlier that can somewhere down the line contribute to this opioid problem we have because people want that immediate pain relief. And then as soon as their prescription runs out, they're going to go looking for something else. We focus on the youth in our community, but it becomes a problem for the adults later on in life too. They don't know how to manage their pain except with these substances. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, very well said. Do you have anything else you can think of? No, I think that's it. Uh, we're just excited. The things we're just going to start rolling out to the community. Hopefully we can uh, be consistent in the way we're getting out with the current situation and with COVID. Um, and lockbox pilot is exciting as an alternative uh, for those ones that have to have those medications. Um, and then, you know, another thing to stay tuned to, stay tuned to is over-the-counter medication safety. We're starting to hear... No, unfortunately, with people that uh, have substance use disorders, they look for any chemical sure. that will add to that. So we're we're seeing some uh, substance of abuse coming up with over-the-counter medications. So uh, hopefully we can start rolling some of that out as well so that we can educate. Again, it's all about education. Educate your, your youth, your students, your grandchildren, children about proper medication use, storage, and, and disposal. Uh, really, when you go to the over-the-counter, you know, it's not given to you on a prescription label and directions how do i read that label how do i do i need to safely dispose of it in for the environment you know and so it's going to be some neat things we get into and i'm I'm glad you bring up the over the counters or we call them the otcs because in the drop boxes i'd like to remind everyone too that they are intended for you know prescription drugs or over the counters they're not intended for illegal drugs i think if you somehow stumble upon illegal drugs in a child's room or something you need to call your law enforcement. enforcement. And also, if you have any kind of creams or syrups or liquid medications, um, those are we would rather those not be in there. They're actually not the same threat. Um, we've just been told by the place that incinerates them that can be a problem. So we usually recommend only like the typical pills and drop boxes. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, and over the counter, you know, your first tenant was that safe use. I think that's important for uh, parents to listen to. Um, when we look at statistics, it's not really our school-age students that are abused, addicted to those um, prescription medications. However, if our young people start misusing over-the-counter, if I take 
know, two ibuprofen every, what, four hours instead of one. And, you know, you're just putting dosages together, carelessly taking medications without really understanding that we need to respect them. It's easier then when you're 21, you get your wisdom teeth out to get your first opioid uh, medication and take it incorrectly, you know. And yeah. and that's so true. And you know, a couple of years ago when we were starting a lot of this digging into Tuscaloosa County issues, we, you know, we talked to some athletic trainers and things because that's where sometimes that first access to medication is. And most of them are, are just recommending over the counter, but it's that medication use. Um, oh, one didn't work. I'm going to take two. I'm going to take three. Get that mindset of just using it how you want to and not how it's properly labeled and instructed to. Then you get into these more potent medications and use them sure. improperly. Then that's when you lead into some, some serious problems, lifelong problems. Um, so I, I think uh, the over-the-counter education that we're going to roll out is going to be very beneficial. So we're going to walk away today saying safe use, safe storage, safe, safe disposal. disposal. And if you want to know more about that, go to adctest.org. Um, we are even willing to mail out those deterra bags if someone cannot get to law enforcement. So if you go to the website, you can just say, hey, mail me um, some drug deactivation bags. We can send it out to you. And I think I would be remiss if we don't close to say today to say, if you are struggling with addiction that has stemmed from medications, prescription medications, we have great resources here in Tuscaloosa County. Jeff, you're a member uh, on the board at the Adams Board, correct? Adams Board, yes. Um, so, so many resources. You know, call the Adams Board of Tuscaloosa County. Um, find out where you are in this whole thing, whether it's prevention, you're just identifying your issues, or if you're needing, you're in treatment or need to be in treatment or you're in recovery phase, there's support options um, in this county. Uh, you just have to find out where they, where they are. The easiest place is to call the Adams Board, um, and that has the resources to get you to where you need to be in whatever phase you're in and help you out through all of that. So we, Anti-Drug Coalition works on prevention. However, we are part of that whole cascade of care, uh, continuum of care, if people call it, where you, if you can't, if they've gone past prevention, they get into that identification of, oh, they're a substance use person. And they get into, um, you know, I need to go into treatment. And then it's their recovery, which yeah. is a lot of times life lifelong. So the Adams Board of Tuscaloosa County, which uh, supports the Anti-Drug Coalition tremendously, help direct you to those resources. Uh, so don't be afraid to reach out. It's all confidential. Yeah. And I think especially, you know, the Anti-Drug Coalition tackles other substances, but I think this one in particular, prescription drug misuse, I do feel quite a few people unintentionally fall into addiction with a starting point of taking a prescribed prescription drug for a valid reason. So I don't want anyone ever to feel like there's a stigma about addiction. It can happen to anybody. Um, you know, we can bring a, a substance abuse counselor here to kind of talk us through that one day for an episode. But, you know, if you're struggling with addiction, there is help here, and we have some great agencies. in town. Very good? Very much so. Okay. Well, listen, guys, thanks so much. It was great a fun chatting. conversation. I'm glad you guys were here. I miss seeing you all, so it was kind of fun. It's been yes. months. So thank you, listeners. I hope uh, you enjoyed today's podcast, and we'll catch you next week.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast. Please follow us on Facebook and visit our website at adctusk.org.